everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Copcast Podcast. Tonight, I'm joined by three of our regular podcasters. First up in Berlin, we have the director, is uh, Neil Patterson. Neil, how the hell are you, Chief? All good? Yeah, yeah, doing really well. Glad to be back on, and looking forward to chatting about a couple of couple of nice wins in a row. So, uh, indeed, what's you? A rare, quiet, all quiet, salt here on the beach. Too much beer. I apologise in advance if I say anything on a. It's a hard life. There you it? go. <laughs> Not that I'll offend our next panelist, Dave Dunning. How are you, Dave? All well? Yes, all good. Thanks, Dave. Just, um, just, just having a nice, relaxing Thursday night as always. Went out for a nice pizza and a glass of wine earlier on. So I'm just going to do my very best to catch up with you in the next hour. Well, good luck with that. That's all I can say. Well, at least I've stopped. <laughs> <us at it. laughs> Be thankful for some all mercies. Listen, next up, last but certainly not least, across in Scotland, we have Ali Thompson. Ali, an absolute fucking age since I've spoke to you. How are you? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while since I spoke to any of the three of you, actually. It's good to go on back talking about Liverpool again. It's always good to talk about Liverpool. It may, may divide us, it may cause us spats, but that's all. it's never a bad thing. But listen, I'll start off with Dave this week, and we'll start off with the Huddersfield game. And your thoughts on that? You know, a, a decent win. We need the response. I think Dave was was the the big thing in this game. You know, after after the run of results, we really needed this one. And you know, a bit touchy to begin with, but we we eventually got there. Ran out clear winners. Your thoughts? Yeah, it was what we needed, wasn't it? Um, and I think there was a little bit of a fear factor going into that game after the result they had against against United. Um, they were going to be on a high. I'm sure. The players' confidence was affected after the, the Wembley debacle um, and everything that followed it and, and things that went on during the week. And then it was exactly what we needed. Now, you know, on reflection, they're as solid as Huddersfield are. They're pretty poor in the road. So I think it was probably the perfect game for us. Um, we got ourselves a few goals, played relatively well, dominated possession, bossed the game. It's kind of you know it's it's that it's that game that we don't get very often where you're just able to sit back and you're playing that is on paper an inferior team and when you go out on the pits they look like an inferior team but the one thing that was different is the result um, showed that they were an inferior team it was exactly the tonic that I think we needed um, to put the the previous the previous few weeks behind us. Um, and and some some decent decent performances in there as well. So you know it's 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 hopefully um, a corner turned, but you know it, it's it's very difficult. It's very difficult to, to attach any type of any type of meaning to the result really, um, based on how how hot and cold we've blown recently. So um, we'll wait and see. But you know, all in all, you know, three 0 at home. You'd take that every week, wouldn't you? Oh, so without a doubt, you would. And, you know, I think I think what you're saying is correct as well, Dave. It just looks like a team, you know, that doesn't have much of a rhythm, certainly not with results or anything at the minute. We don't know what we're going to get. Um, you know, we could just as easily drop points as we could sort of inspire. And, you know, like, like I think the last poll we did, uh, Chief, from what I remember anyway, you know, we were all fairly optimistic into uh, you know the Tottenham game that we thought we'd probably get a good result down. We ended up getting a bloody hammer, and and I think this is going to be this is going to be our sort of 
our lot for the season, if you will. I think we're going to have some very good results along the line, but we need to be prepared for those bad days because they're, you know, with, with that defence, unless something changes, we'll get into that later. You, you know, you're, you're always going to do that, but especially the two two games this week, I thought both the nil, both clean sheet games, albeit with two different goalkeepers. That to me, I think was was the big positive I can take out of it. You know, Dave basically said, you know, they they look like inferior opposition, and and so did Maribor. To be fair. Their good results, six goals unreplied to, is is a very very welcome thing. But there's still a hurdle, I feel, you know. And I think there's there's a lot of fans who are, are very happy with it, but like myself, just dread the next trip up. I suppose there it's sort of the nature of being a being a football fan, and in particular a Liverpool fan over the years, is that you're always uh, expecting that next uh, next slip up or uh, trip up along the way. But um, I think what what Dave said is right that. Um, they did look like an inferior team, um, and it was what we needed. It was the, the kind of game that we needed. But having said that, and 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 they are poor on the road. Like I don't think they've scored away from home since the first day of the season. I think they, they scored a few on the first day of the season. I think they battered Palace four one or something, but they haven't scored since then away from home. So they didn't really offer much going forward at all. You know, we needed a reaction after the Spurs game. We we, we talked about. Lovren pre-pod and you know we, we're not really going to go that deep into him at the moment we, we might touch on that a bit later but you know we were sabotaged in that game essentially so we start we start from minus two we, we're seeing at the moment just how good or how good a vein of form this Spurs team is in what with their European results and, and their league performances we, we can you know you can weigh that up you know at the end of the day three points um, so I think we were, you know, we, we 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 were optimistic going into that game. I certainly thought we would win because we got a decent result against Spurs, especially over recent times. Uh, decent record, sorry. Yeah, we got Lovren. Moving on from that, we needed a response, uh, even though the situation perhaps wasn't as bad as as we all sort of made out um, when you you look at it statistically and the number of games we'd lost and so on. But nevertheless, we needed to bounce back and. First half was a bit was was a bit dull. I mean, there's no getting away from it. But we we had absolute domination, you know, and we, and we gradually got better and better and looked like we were going to score. Uh, and then we have the penalty and Salah misses, and you think bollocks is a what is it about penalties at the moment? There's another thing we need to talk about. We didn't we, we didn't think of at the start. I got struck at three in a row or something. We, we, we missed yeah, a second. We've it's missed, mad. We've missed all of our Anfield spot kicks this season. Apparently, so that's I think four we've missed this season. So we uh, we have a problem there. We you know we'll maybe dip into it a, a bit later. But we've got Milner's missed his last two now. Firmino hit the post earlier, and it's in the season it seemed to affect him because the um, the result went against us then in the end. Um, and of course you've got Mo Salah, who for me is never never really looks like a penalty taker. He's one of those. Forwards that you think, um, nah, probably, probably not your best asset is taking penalties. Although he he had scored that penalty for Egypt and obviously was on a high, so you think he's our top scorer. Give it to him, but they've all missed. So we we get the penalty and and we miss it, and you think, you know, shit, is it going to be one of those days? And and if don't get me wrong, if others will get the first goal. Uh, if we come out in the second half and, and they nick a goal, beginning of that, then the game turns into an absolute nightmare. And you probably, you might, you might get a draw out of it, but you could just as easily not. What was impressive was the manner in which we, um, which we took control 
of the second half and and how much better our second half was. And yeah, we we get lucky a bit lucky with the first goal because of the um, deflection or the the header from their captain or whatever. But you know, it's 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 a it's a good ball straight away very early in the half. Their um, defender doesn't really get his bearings right. And had Sturridge is anticipating doing exactly what he does, and and you know scores a lovely goal, and from then on we don't back, you know we we go on and we win the game comfortably. Huddersfield don't get a look in, and we, it's a it's a routine three nil, and you know we don't get too many of those games, so it's a bit odd, it's a, it's a little underwhelming, but at the same time it's it was very very welcome, I think. No, without a doubt. And Ali, you know, uh, well we'll talk a little bit more about Marabor with you, but your your thoughts basically on the Huddersfield game. I mean, Dave's on about turning a corner, and I, I, I'm, it was the result we needed, definitely. Whether there's any corners being turned, I'm not sure. It's it's a game we should have won. We did so comfortably. It's you know, as Dave says, winning three 0 scoring three, not conceding any. You you can't grumble at it, but you you still. I think it's just a Liverpool fan in me now that. Would it, would it be fair to say that, like myself, you're waiting for the next corner to be found, and I don't think that the next corner is going to be too far away, and that's my problem. You know, I, I love these results and I wish there was more of them, but you just get a feeling with that defence, and certainly until January, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, that, you know, we are going to come a cropper here or there. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's not just the defence. I mean, you're, you're talking it's the goalkeeper, the centre-half, the centre-midfield. It's, it, it's not like these are new issues. I mean, we talk about it. We probably talk about every podcast we do. And and we are we are just waiting on those glaring mistakes, the, the injuries... To, to take over and, and weaken us even more. It's just, I'm delighted with the wins and I, I enjoy them, but it's just hard to get excited or carried away just now. Well, here, we'll, we'll move on into the Champions League and, and again, a good result. Again, same same sort of pattern. We're, we weren't fantastic in the first half by any stretch, but, you know, we got, we got the job done. You know, what one can sort of forgive, maybe the, the, the urgency wasn't there. You know, it, obviously, it's the lesser of the games. Um, in the group, you know, you're home against Maribor, you should be able to beat them at a counter, one would think. Um, but again, the second half, some lovely goals in there. Emery Khan special as well. Um, I, I was impressed with them second half. And again, good result of the group in, uh, in Champions League. You know, one, one could even cast their mind forward and have a bit of a dream at the January transfer window if we got out of this group. We might even have a run in this competition if we had the right personnel. You know, we can't complain about either result. What was your thoughts on Maribor? A very professional performance. I thought, I said on Twitter, it was very much like a, a, an old Rafa performance. You know, we were just, it was like we were very cautious the first half, just kind of waited to see if they were going to do much. And then just up to tempo a bit the second half, some some nice one-touch football. Two, The first two goals were very good. Uh, I thought uh, Emery was really good the second half. Um, it was nice to see Sturridge back on the score sheet again. Salah doing what he's done all season. I think I wouldn't say there was even standout players. It was just a, a professional, good team performance. Um, and as you say, top of the group. As we must be pretty much guaranteed qualification now, are we? If not, we need one more point. Yeah, we'd have to blow it ourselves now. That's not out with our capabilities, obviously. But it'd be nice just to look forward to the the next round and and see where we go from there. Especially after our last journey in the Champions League in fourteen fifteen. So. The progression's obviously there that everybody keeps talking about. So, yeah, you could kind of, if you're optimistic like like Dave, and you could kind of look forward to the January transfer window. But for me, I, I don't see much more coming in. 
Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have a bit of a chat around that, actually, uh, you know, in the next segment of the pod. Dave, yourself, any more to add on what Ali said there? You know, certainly two, you know, two games in a row we'll have Daniel Sturridge scoring that. We haven't seen that in a while. I think that's that's worth mentioning. And we've also had a, a very, very good performance in midfield. James Milner showing some of the rest of the midfielders what a midfielder looks like nearly. Ali's absolutely spot on with, with the Benitez reference. You know, there was lots of people after the first half complaining about how boring and words like pathetic and and ridiculous and disgraceful being thrown around and yeah, it's, it's a weird of where we've it's, been recently Dave unfortunately you know, I, I get where that. we've been in the doldrums that. I get that Dave but you know Ali's 100% right if that's if that's Benitez sitting in, in the in the dog out there those words aren't being thrown around after that first half um, because people understand that that's the way Benitez likes to play. He likes to keep it. He likes to keep the ball. He likes to keep it tight. He likes to make sure there's no there's no errors, no mistakes, and 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 take take the the team take the time to work out the opposition and grind them down and let their superior creativity and their superior fitness show through in the last you know thirty minutes or so. And and we get the goal early in the second half and we kick on from there. So it's it's a, a very very professional professional European performance and um, you know again kind of similar to kind of similar to, to the Huddersfield game with, with lots and lots of the ball and you know as the old saying goes there's no better way to stop the opposition from scoring than to not let them have the ball at all so 100% on that you're right Sturridge 2-2 two and two. I wonder if he's starting to not only adapt to the not only adapt to the manager's style of play and 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 the system and, and the players around him because he's getting more minutes in the pitch, but maybe also starting to adapt to the player that he that he is now as opposed to the player that he was um, two or three years ago and, and and the player that we all kind of always reference kind of subconsciously in our mind when we think of Daniel Sturridge. Is he going to become more of more of a penalty box striker? Is he is he gonna be more of a predator rather than rather than that player that can can magic something out of nothing and beat you know two three players and 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 get away from from defenders with his pace. Again, you know we've, we've talked about we've talked about Salah, I suppose, but he's he's I wouldn't call him a natural goal scorer, but he has a natural ability to continually find himself in in the right positions to score goals. So he's on so, a natural goal scorer, is what you're telling us. He's he's not a natural finisher, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. Um, so he's on a, a natural finisher. <laughs> you're an asshole. You're an asshole, aren't you? <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Sorry, no, I'm just looking. I'm just, I'm just looking for clarification here. <laughs> Go and get a cup of coffee, for fuck's sake, would you? Uh, um, yeah, look, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, he, he will score goals simply because he has that knack of finding himself in, in the right place at the right time. Um, his movement's good. He's fine space in the penalty area. I, I think I said at the start of the season, Salah's going to score loads of shit goals, and it's kind of been that way. Even that one, even his goal, it kind of looks like a, a lovely little cute back heel, but I watched it again. It kind of comes off his calf. And then, yep. the header, and then the header that he misses afterwards, which he is absolutely buried. It's an unbelievable cross from from Moreno on the right on the left hand side, right onto his head. But he finds that little gap in between the two centre halves. 
with just a little bit of movement and and manages to get on the end of it. And look, if it's 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 that old approach to, to goal scoring. You know, if you miss a chance, as long as you're prepared to go and put yourself in the position where you can miss another chance, you will score goals. And he seems to have that attitude about him. So um, we've got a real asset and a real goal scorer in our hands there. And that's I think that's ten goals already this season. So you know he could he could finish he could finish with thirty goals in all competition this season easily if he keeps on going the way is now. If we can just look to address the the other issues and and let's be honest, they're pretty fucking glaring issues on the pitch at the moment. We we have a chance, um, and and you've got the I suppose you have the the. The safety net at the minute, and I suppose this maybe isn't why I'm feeling why I'm feeling as bad as I maybe should, is that Chelsea seem to be really, really stuttering. Arsenal still haven't got their act together, so we're not getting cut adrift at the moment or anything, and there's still time to get our act together. But as many negatives as there are, and don't get me wrong, there are negatives. There's there's lots of positives as well to be considered. Problem is they they kind of cancel each other at the moment, which is why we find ourselves up and down and up and down. No, absolutely. And that's really the point I'm sort of making. It's going to be that type of a season. And I think, you know, I've sort of from the start of the season, we're going to have eight downs as well as our ups. But nail yourself on the Maribor thing. Um, well, you know, if, if Mo Salah ends up being an unnatural striker who scores 30 goals a season, as Dave just said there, sign me up for a few more of them, please. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, the Salah thing's interesting. It was a, it's you know, it's a particular um, phrase Dave used as well. It was really interesting, like not a natural finisher and not a natural goal scorer. And you know, we've all heard it before, and I think I think he's right. Like, but the fun, you know, what what it reminded me of was that you know, people said that about Suarez. What Liverpool fans said that about Suarez whenever we first had him. That like he would, he would get in the right positions. He would, he would always be making things happen. But he would, he wasn't a natural finisher. He would miss chances. He just, he would scuff shots. He looked untidy. He wasn't polished. So while you can still score goals at the rate that Sal's scoring them, while he's not polished, you know, while you're not polished, is 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 a phenomenal ability to have. But even Suarez, that uh, I think that first season, I think he only scored eleven in the league for us. Which is unthinkable. All against Norwich or something, wasn't it? <laughs> something <laughs> double. <double-like. laughs> but when you think about how many goals he was scoring by the end of end of the season uh, or end of his career with us, and even even the goals he scored in Holland, although that doesn't always translate for every striker, as we know. But I think I I think Sal's only gonna, only going to get better um, until you know until God forbid he loses his pace, which he's bound to at some point. But that hopefully is is far enough. Uh, into the future, given the condition he keeps himself in, if he polishes, if once he relaxes, I think. I mean, this is still his first fifty, well, sixteen games he's played for us in all comps, ten goals, as Dave said there. So once he actually relaxes into into the team and into the surroundings and into the city and and becomes you know happy and full, fully happy in himself, you know, and, and the way his life's going and whatever, you can just you can just imagine those numbers getting even better. I'm not necessarily talking about this season. This season, he, he could easily hit 25 or 30 goals in all competitions. But if he really began to relax and, and Liverpool stay in European competition, then, um, then it could go even further. It's a real asset. He's a real asset. Storage scoring was, was great because it's... And there's a couple of points I want to make on this, or this will lead on to something else, which kind of ties in, is that it's two goals in two games, but it's two... Um, Two similar types of goals. 
two goals where he's anticipated something where he's been in the right place and he's he's finished with one or two one or two touches. Um, very very quick, very very alert, sharp. Did you see That's his nice. feet for that game. goal yesterday, Neil? I mean, the sharpness of that boot going through the ball. It was Absolutely. really, I don't know whether you picked it up, but for me, totally. it was just so noticeable. Yeah, and he wasn't going to allow the defender to get a neck on it at all. It was just touch and bang. And he hit it so cleanly. Because a feature, actually, I've noticed, I'm sure other people have as well, um, this season when he's had he's had chances, he hasn't really been hitting the ball that well. He hasn't been striking the ball that cleanly. He's been stuffing a lot of efforts. So it was nice to see him absolutely hit it plumb and it, it it flew you know nobody was stopping it so that was nice and moving on sort of tying in with it being two in a row it's as we touched on as Dave touched on it's it's very similar to the Huddersfield game in that it's it's two games in a row where the first half has been completely controlled the second half has been well first half has been controlled and dominant second half has been dominant aggressive and you know incisive We've, we've taken games away from teams. Um, two very controlled performances. Two games with no glaring errors, which is which hasn't doesn't happen very often where we put two games. We heard that some of the players from some of the players that clapped and sort of miss them and hit the wall after the Tottenham game. You know, you're, you're mentioning there. There's two games in a row where controlling half and cutting loose in the second half. Do you feel there's a cha- there's a change attack here? Well, I, I, I thought it was quite noticeable. I thought there's been criticism of in, in some quarters of how we uh, approach games uh, and that uh, we, perhaps we don't control them in the way that we might like to, in the way that some fans would like us to, in the sense that perhaps they're too frenetic, they're too chaotic. We, we don't boss the midfield. We don't dictate the pace, set the tempo. And I think that's been, albeit against much weaker opposition in the last two games, uh, still Premier League and Champions League, of course, but weaker teams. We have done that completely. We've absolutely dictated the pace and the tempo of the game and, and seemingly moved through the gears at will. And there, there was a period after we scored last night against Maribor where we missed the penalty and Firmino has one cleared off the line and whatever, where we could really just, we could go 3 0 up in, in three minutes. You know what I mean? And then we, we don't let that dissipate. Then we we regroup a little, and then we go again, and we score again, kind of ten minutes later, and then it's two nil, and it's two nil, sixty five, sixty seven minutes. It's absolutely over. So maybe it is a slight change of, of of tack, or at least showing the ability to 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 be able to play that way. Um, and I think you know, I think that it, it it's only good. I hope there is a, a pattern developing because we do have now a run of fixtures where, on paper. We're not playing any of our direct rivals. We're playing mid mid to bottom half of the table teams. Um, hey, this is the third season we're here, and this is the third time we're going through this. And this always ends up in a disaster, you know. We, you it always, always say it this. It ends up in a disaster for everyone. <laughs> but if you, if you, whatever you say, you know, whether we've got big, last time we said it's Spurs, you know. But yeah. you pick up, pick up the points that you would have targeted, you know, that you would, you would hope to pick up in these games. And it's not so bad. I mean, table-wise, it's not so bad. You mentioned we're not getting cut adrift. Manchester City are, are clear. That's that's fine. I don't think anyone at the moment envisages any other team catching them, although some people still saying United will hang in. I don't see that. I think it's only going to City. But after that, the very fact that United beat Spurs last week, you know, reels them back in a little bit. Arsenal, as was mentioned, are, are, are always iffy. 
they're always going to hit a patch where things aren't going to go well and it's been stop-start for them. Chelsea had stop-start for them. So we're not adrift and, you know, we've got the only big test, inverted commas, is against Chelsea and that runs right up until we play City on January the 1st. So put together a good run now with players coming back. Hopefully Coutinho's coming back in fit. Mane's coming back in fit. But Lalana is due to come back in fit in the next little while, though it's bound to take him a while to get back up to any match fitness. But hopefully attack that stretch and and be in a good position in January, and then then maybe the hand is forced because I think I I don't think you can go through the rest of the season with what we have in defence, and I think we'll come on to that. Yeah, actually, that is uh, where we want to go next, really, and and you know the transfer window and you know the likelihood of people coming in, but I think there's. As well, I think we'll, we'll cover second is the fact that we could lose people actually this window or potentially lose them. Ali, yourself, I'm very much of the opinion that uh, what happened in the summer, that's business done for, for this particular season. And, you know, maybe maybe a loan or something come in or maybe a, a youth player come in in January. But that's basically what we've seen from FSG. It's basically so what we've seen from Klopp as well. Um, I don't see anybody coming. What's your opinion? I believe we will get one in possibly. And it's only because I believe we are going to lose... Chan and Phil in January. I've had it in my head since the summer that if Emery hadn't signed a contract by October, November time, he'd be gone. Phil, it was just a matter of time, really. I think it would have been done in the summer had maybe a replacement been lined up or you know, or something. I, I just believe that that deal would have been done. Um, so I do believe if both of them go, we would have to bring in one or two whether or not we're properly ready for that or it's going to be panic additions, um, who knows. But um, if none of them go, we won't bring anyone in. We won't strengthen in any area. I, I can't see it. You, you think that Coutinho's going to be sold, you say, Ali, but for, for my money, I can't see. After this fucking palaver went through um, in the summer about, you know, he's not for sale, like, what kind of a message would that be sending to us? You, you know, I, I, I personally don't think... I, I see all the stories, don't get me wrong, that the interest is there, but I think Phil's there basically to the summer now. Also, you know, we're, we're talking World Cup positions and whatnot. In January, that's not the time going into a World Cup to make a move. I just... Personally, I don't see it, mate. Is his place really in jeopardy in Brazil, in the Brazil squad? No, you, you know yourself, make, making that move and it maybe... And, and, you know, everybody's talking about Barca, but, you know, it, it's not just Barca that we're, we're looking over her shoulder with anymore. PSG seem to be looking at him now too. But obviously they've just spent that ridiculous amount of money on Neymar. They've got money tied up for next summer in Mbappe. So where are they going to get the money for Coutinho? I mean, we're still talking 100, say 120 to 150 million, if you believe all the rumours. So where are they Ali, going to the get... Ali, f- the f- they found no wrongdoing in the name <laughs> part, didn't they? You, you're going to fucking tell me. Like, seriously. <laughs> you're serious? You're going to pull my chain and tell me that they can't get away with it again? Yeah, they're, they're not. They, they're not going to get away with that sort of deal. Because if, if not, they, they would just go and buy everyone. They employ blind lawyers, don't you know? <laughs> I just, I just don't see PSG being a factor. I think that I just, I really do. Just think they, they can't go and spend that amount of money again on another attacking player. Unless again, unless they're going to sell someone in January, like if a, a Cavani goes or any other players, whether they were to sell for big money as well, and that frees up some more. Swapping for Cavani straight away, no problem, because we're losing them anyway. I'd rather have Cavani. Well, I, I would, I, I'd, as I've said it many a time on in the WhatsApp group and on on Twitter, if we can get a a, a number nine, I'd I'd sell Phil in an instant. 
I'm not his biggest fan at the best of time anyway. In the system that we play, I, I think we're, we're more than okay with, with Lallana um, if we can get a proper number nine and let Bobby play off him, which means it's Bobby's better position as well. Mm. You see, the, the proper number nine thing as well, we had a bit of a discussion around that in a couple of weeks as well. You know, you know, I've been banging the Cavani drum for ages. Like, I, I love the player and I think he's so he's so, such a up there as well for his, his work ethic and everything. Um, Alexis Sanchez. Oh, uh, Alexis I'll Sanchez. Take I'll no, take him on a heartbeat. I, give me a well, card. Uh, come on, come on, come on, have both. In fact, all three. We'll take Alcardi as well. Sure, baller. Sure, look at how good we are at signing players. Come on, anybody else want? <laughs> we can throw into the mix as well. Emily is on fire at the minute for Lazio. I'll take him as well, just for the crack. No, 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 Dave, just no. The talk there, Ali, about you know, I know we're probably going to end up talking about Virgil Van Dijk, but like seriously. I don't think he's going to be moved for moving either, regardless of anything, because you know it just ends up with people looking stupid. You know, Dave, what, what's your opinion on on this whole transfer thing and, and you know the, the Phil thing and the, the possibility of losing Emery in, in January? Which, to be honest with you, I see as more of the possibility. I can see Can going because we're going to lose him for nothing. But as Neil pointed out pre-pod, we only paid ten million for him, so that could be disposable. You know, that could be disposable income. It just depends, doesn't it? On Chan, it. it- I don't see anything happening in January, except this is just the most likely thing to happen. Not to say that it is likely, because it is still highly unlikely, but it's still the most likely thing to happen, is that is that we maybe go back for Van Dijk simply because every passing week his value is, is decreasing. So that's potentially the only thing. And maybe Southampton decide they're gonna they're gonna cut their losses, they're gonna cash in now. And make themselves an extra fifteen million that they might do at the end of the season, depending on on how his form has been. Because if it's anything like it has been up to now since he came back into the team, they they could potentially cost themselves a brave few quid. And I don't think it's going to make a massive difference to how their season's going to pan out. They're going to finish mid table. They're not going to win any trophies. They're not going to be in danger of relegation. I don't think so. Maybe cut your losses. As far as as Coutinho goes. Absolutely won't be sold in January. It makes, it makes zero sense. You know, he's going to be cup tied for the Champions League. So that's going to remove some of his value. The World Cup's coming up. Um, and in my head, if I'm thinking from a, a businessman's perspective, you're thinking Coutinho, one of the, one of the three players in that Brazil side, um, who are really stand out between him, Neymar and, and Gabi Jesus. Brazil are going to be favourites for the tournament. You expect them to go far. You expect him to impress. That's going to add some value as well. Um, so why would they sell him before the World Cup? And then, you know, they, they didn't sell him in the summer and they refused to sell him in the summer because they had no succession plan for him and he knew that. So why they're not they're not going to do it in January because they won't have succession planned to replace him in January because they're not going to be able to buy anybody to replace him with so but that's where the press have inserted Nabi Keita's coming Dave you understand you know this is what the newspapers are trying to sell right so let's revert that theory to Red Bull Leipzig then you know they're not going to have they're not going to have planned for Keita leaving in January therefore they're not going to let him leave in January they're still going to be fighting for um, Champions League qualification again next year because that's part of their that's part of their long term goal so you know they're not going to jeopardise Champions League qualification 
for, for maybe an extra 10 or 15 million. Um, so no, it's, 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 it's just that all that is, is lazy journalism. It's lazy journalism with no research, no facts, no common sense applied to it. All that is is for something to fill a fucking page with. And to try and get so the idiots. point I was highlighting, Dave, you know what I mean? Because, you know, whatever way you, you is perfectly reasonable. I don't see continuum moving anywhere, but the press need to agitate it. So, you know, throw Naby Kate in, who, who they know is coming, and they're, yeah, your story, bingo, you know, they, oh, we'll let him go because he's coming in and blah, blah. Not a bloody chance. Liverpool would, look, no. Liverpool would have the most egg in their faces after what they did in the summer if they sold Phil Coutinho in January, in my opinion. Yeah, it's the classic two plus two equals, equals five. What what happens to him in the summer? I gen I genuinely don't know. You know, there's reports coming out that he, you know, him and his camp were fairly unhappy with the way Barcelona went about went about the business of trying to sign him. Um, they felt as though there wasn't enough commitment there from them, and they felt as though if, if Barcelona really wanted to get it over the line, they would have. So we'll see how we'll see how that's that's affected his desire to go to go to Barcelona. Um, I I just don't know. Chan again, same. Can't see him moving in January. You know, if 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 we if if we were to accept 10, 15, even twenty million for him because his contract's up in six months, twenty million is still a bit of a push there. Um, you know, what's that in this day and age? It's a drop in the ocean. Um, and again, we're not going to be able to bring anybody in to replace him. Um, so you know that makes no sense either. So standard January, loads of horseshit rumours. Maybe got one signing that's significant across the entire landscape of European football, and you'll have a few loan deals thrown in there just to give Jim White something to do on a fucking Wednesday night. We could re-sign Stephen Calker, couldn't we? We just could. We could like. Yeah, we could. We could. We could re-sign Fowler for the crack of the <laughs> if, if everybody, if everybody wants a number nine, we'll just do that. Oh no! Don't start with the number nines again. Neil, Neil, talk to us. I mean, it's, it's probably all been said, to be honest. Um, I don't see that much action in January. It does tend to be the damn squib of all damn squibs every year. Um, I definitely, definitely would agree on the with the, with the two of you that I, I don't see Coutinho going. Doesn't make sense. Wouldn't be what Liverpool want. And as has been said, you wouldn't go so far out of your way to stop it happening because it wasn't on your terms to then let him go. Not on your terms six months later. Yeah, not much movement. Uh, I do think we will go back in for Van Dyke, though. Uh, I think Dave's point about his depreciation is um, is, is spot on. Um, Southampton are going nowhere this season. Um, Trent, you know, they, they, they'll probably finish ninth, tenth. But I mean, that's a, probably a little bit down on on last season. I think they finished eighth, got to a cup final. They're they're not well unless they get to the FA Cup final. They're not getting to a cup final this year. I think we will go back in for him. I I don't think I I think clubs. I don't know. Maybe not. You know. Maybe not. Maybe it will be this summer. But I think club will want to get him as soon as possible. Um, I think he's he must be acutely aware by now of of the the problems we have there, and they must have they must have manifested themselves in in worse examples than he could hope for this season um, so far. So <clears throat> I think there will be an urgency to try and get something done there. For me, it makes sense for Southampton as well because it's not working for them, the situation, and they'd be able to recoup at least most of what they would have got in the summer, if not all, as compared to you know possibly um, 
getting half as much for him next season. I mean, who, who knows how the market's going to go and, and how his value is going to going to be affected by what what they do and how he plays. Um, other than that, no, I don't see much happening at all. Um, I don't think there's that much need to. We've got we've got players coming back. We're out of the League Cup, which was a real bonus going out at that stage. We're managing touch wood at the moment, even with our injuries, to deal with um, two games a week, sometimes three games a week. Of course, we're going to hit that patch uh, around Christmas time where it all goes insane. But as I said earlier, hopefully we've got players coming back for that. So um, hopefully our squad's a little bit fatter and fitter to get us through that until January. And then we'll just have to see. We'll just have to regroup in, in the second half of the season and, and go from there when it sort of calms down a wee bit. Um, so you could you could potentially have Lolana and Klein coming back there, which is which yeah. is potentially like two you know two signings for the season because we haven't we haven't benefited from either one so far. Uh, two, and Manny, and Manny, Manny's due back, Coutinho's due back. Uh, I, we, most of us think he stays for the for the season, so that they're two huge players going forward. Lolana and Klein, two huge players in in. In just being part of the squad and being part of the team's number of appearances in in the last, well, since they've been signed is is right up there, you know. And we all know Lalana is an integral part of of the system. Uh, it's, it's you know he adds he adds quite a lot, uh, and he you know his game really improved since Klopp came. So, so yeah, you've got all that, and you hope that you'll be you'll be balancing up. But I don't see us doing massive business in January at all. No, wouldn't wouldn't disagree with you at all. I just don't. I just don't see anything coming in, and I think it's you know, it's it's the January window is is just become a complete non-event, and there's there there's actually very little point in it now. Really, there's very very little point in it. Those opportunities are so limited. You need to have the right player wanting to come to you, and the you know the the ties ready to be cut. You know, the majority of teams I think now are you know the professional setup. It's so professional. They they. Don't make any allowances. I don't think any professional team now would make an allowance for an exit in in January. I think I think we've moved away from that. And as a window, it is basically defunct. No, no I think the, the only significant one last year was was Draxler, and it was no secret. That, that, and that was an argument that, that he he wanted out to fuck like he wanted out. They wanted him out. PSG saw an opportunity. They love spending money more than my fucking missus does. So. It worked for everyone, but that was the only significant transfer of the entire window. And again, like you say, that's because the selling club wanted rid. They were actively trying to sell the player. So, you know, I don't know. I think they'll have to rejig it at some point because I think you're right. I think over the years, it's, it's just steadily declined. And now you're at a point where professionalism has gone up in in preparation for a season. The way I see it, with all this sports science and everything, there's no way that you would start a plan. There's no way that you're you're going to for for a movement in in mid-season. You know what I mean? Because it's so difficult at all to 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 organise a replacement, or because nobody's willing to to take that chance. And if you are going for anything, I mean, even even if you're fucking just trying to avoid relegation. You'll always say to yourself, "Well, I'm better fucking hanging on to this guy for six months than I am than I am taking the chance." Like, you know, unless there is a problem, unless there is a clash of personality. So, I mean, it's always it's always I don't know. Maybe to generate these huge fees and a lot being talked about and whatever, and it worked for a while. But yeah, as as you say, as the 
as the margins of error for error have gotten finer and finer, people don't want to take the chance. Clubs don't want to take the risk. Nobody wants to pay the premium, and nobody's really that willing to sell unless you go nuts. Having said that, though, because the transfer window did go insane in terms of amounts paid this summer uh, or last summer, I suppose by now, you just never know. Like, I mean, if something maybe. <laughs> You know, a club doesn't turn down. A club is happier well, to you, turn the, down. You're thirty I, I million and you're seventy million. You know, I don't know. I, I mentioned Cavani earlier on, who is a player this January, who probably is that 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 you know, in all of them, if you're a betting man, he would be the one I would say would be the transfer of the January window. You take Cavani all day, but how much are you going to pay for him? And is he is he actually going to leave PSG in the season that it looks like they may actually fucking win the Champions League or at least have a really... Well, I'm, I'm told that it's, it's him that's intimating for the move. Now, whether that's true or not, so, you know, it's just, just what I've been sort of fed. And, you know, certainly the, the media backs it up. Now, whether... Now you're into another muddy water, like, but, you know, sir, that could be the, that could be the one. And, Honestly, I've been banging the drum for him for, for like four or five seasons since he was in Napoli. Like I loved the player, yeah. and he is just a Jurgen Klopp player. And I, 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 I would hope, I would hope that if he became available, that we would be fucking looking at him. One would because he's perfect for us. I think wages yeah, is a massive stumbling block though there for us. Yeah. The wages that PSG pay, um, that that that's that's going to be an issue. That's going to be an issue for us. Yeah, I can't um, see it. I can't no. see it. No, but, like to say, would no. I like to for him? Yeah, but could I see us? Would he be fit in any way in our model? No, I can't see it. Like, unless you could, you can't get him on a free, like, can you? So, you know, no, no, <laughs> guys. Do you think that, do you think that with, with how debunked the January transfer window has become, is, is that something that's not not being fully responsible for, but is that something that's driven these ridiculous transfer fees that we've seen this summer? Because clubs are so acutely yeah. aware that you know they can't just dip in in January. They can't say, "Well, do you know what? We'll see how we get on, and we'll see how we are with injuries, and and if we're if we're stuck, you know, we'll we'll go in in January and we'll see if we can get something sorted out then, depending where we are." Yeah, I think I think it's the reverse of what of I think it's exactly what you're saying. I think it's the reverse of what it used to be, whereas clubs would 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 set up for the first half of the season and say, well, we'll see where we are in January, and we can add, we can do a bit of tinkering, we can do this and that. You know, we need to bring in players, great if we can afford them to sell players, great, whatever. Whereas now I think it's because of exactly what you said that it's so difficult to do business now in January. Clubs set themselves up for the season and then see where they are <clears throat> as in, in terms of we're not going to take any chances in the first half of the season and the chances are we're not going to let anything happen in January either so we're, we're just going to set ourselves up for this season and I think you could be right that's why the transfer fees possibly are just getting so outrageous because you have to you have to then play the hands are dealt and I think that's bringing it back to, to Liverpool here this is why I think we will try desperately to get Van Dyke in January because it, we're having to play the hand that we're dealt back there and at the moment we're happy I'm happy because happy in, in in the short term because we've kept two clean sheets in a row and we, we haven't made any mistakes like well of course there have been errors but not glaring mistakes leading to a goal or to a big chance but that's not going to last as was pointed out earlier you know and if we can get through this next run of games that isn't that 
difficult on paper in terms of the quality of opposition you're facing, the quality of forwards and so on. You want to hope that in January you can you can then go and, and get somebody in who's actually going to make a difference for you in the second half of the season, whether that is Van Dyke or whether that's another centre-half because maybe they've been working on it behind the scenes. I don't know, but I'd, if we want to... It, be assured of a top four finish this season. I don't think we can we can chance the the second half of the season with the with the defenders that we have, like with the centre backs that we have. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my usual devil's advocate with you. Would you still pay the same amount of money for him? Pay the same amount of money for Van Dyke? That you well, were going I mean, to pay in the summer. Seventy-five or sixty. Yeah, l- listen. The reason I say it is this player has just come back of uh, quite a quite a serious injury. I kept him out to the end of last season. And as you've rightly said, he hasn't really hit the ground running. Are we still prepared? Are we still happy? You know, and I'm only devil's advocate. I am, yes, <laughs> if you need to know. But you, you know what I mean? It's, it's a question worth asking. It's definitely definitely you know, a question they will be asking, like, and I'm sure fans are asking, and I'm sure um, Liverpool are, are monitoring <laughs> the famous word, the monitoring closely to, to just see, you know, his recovery and whatever. And if they're happy with that, then then I would be happy for, for us to go and pay the money. Probably not the 75 now, because that's, you know, died down quite a lot and whatever. But certainly I would I would go the 60 if they felt that he, you know, the injury hadn't had a serious impact or any real impact on, on the standard of player or, or his ceiling or whatever. I think you have to. I think you, you just have to. Having said that, I mean, I think Southampton are in a position now where there's there's now no longer going to be a bit more for them. You know, it's they didn't really play that hand so well. If I if I'd been Southampton, if I was Southampton, I would have sold them to us for seventy odd million in the summer because that was his peak value. He's never going to get. He's never going to be worth more than that. In it's certainly in my opinion, but they didn't. They made a fuss, and I think you've mentioned it. He's depreciating so. Go in, make the offer in January if if you feel that he's still that player, uh, the player you want. And if you don't, then fucking find the one you do and make the offer there. Uh, Ali, you've been quiet a while. What's, what's your Van Dyke thoughts? To me, he's still a sign at all costs, or or someone of that quality or better. Um, I mean, I don't think there's many better that we can attract. So for me, it has to be a, an all cost, basically whatever Southampton want. And he's the one that seemingly Klopp does want, so so just get him. It's it's not our money. We shouldn't be bothering about fees. I understand why you were asking the question, Dave. But if, I mean, if that's what Klopp wants and that's what Southampton want for him, just just get him in because we need someone. We need a player of that, you know, that leader. I watched him so much up here um, at Celtic, and now now we know the standard of the league, but it doesn't take away from the player's quality, and he's just everything that Lovren isn't. And it's not even trying to beat down on Lovren. It's just he, he is. <laughs> well, yeah, but he's he, he's just everything we need. And not signing him or someone in the summer was criminal. And it was decisions like that that people are turning on the board, turning on Klopp, and and these guys have to live with it. So a defender is a must. Whether we sign one or not is is a different matter. Um, I'm still in the we-need-a-striker category. Um, not the, the number nine, per se, but just, just a goal scorer who can do more than just run. I think it just improves our squad and our balance so much as a team overall. Um, but I just don't see anything happening. But just taking it back slightly to what you guys were saying about the window, I, I've 
said for a while, I, I think we sh- the window should be open from when it opens. Is it the 1st of June, 1st of July? Right through until, say, the end of January. So it's just an ongoing window. And then it just closes again oh, for the God, summer. No. Oh, no, no, no. I don't <laughs> want a transfer window. It's just it's a load of crap. Just just have ongoing deals. It's fine. Makes I no agree. Difference. Back to the old days. Yeah. I mean, you can even close for, as I say, close it at the end of January, and that's it closed till the 1st of July or whenever it is. Um, but I, I agree. Great. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree as well. But the thing with it is, is that, and I, I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm, I am being serious when I say this. Sky Television don't have their ticking clock then. So well, that's it. It was it was created for the headlines. It was created for the the media. Yeah. It was created for the bonanza deals yeah. and all the rest of it to create. And, and I'll tell you another thing. You would have to change if if you brought that along. You'd be able to register for Champions League at any point. Regardless, yeah. the argument that else. the argument at the time was it was it was to protect the smaller clubs and, and make an even an even playing field, make it a more even playing field. So, for example, Ronnie Rosenthal is probably a prime example where we went in and we signed him with probably something like fifteen games to go in the season. Like we signed him in March yes. or something like that, and essentially, you know, his goals helped us win the title that year. And it's 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 the kind of remove. It, I suppose it's the kind of making a more level playing field and to make it fairer. But it's become counterintuitive that way, where all it is is driving players' values up, and it's and the big clubs are still the- exactly exactly the big clubs are still going to be the winners in the end. You know, they're still going to be the ones with the most money, who can pay the most wages, who can who can, who can supply the most add-ons. Um, etc. etc. So you know, it, it's I understand why it was done in the first place, but the theory behind it hasn't panned out the way people thought it was. These unforeseen circumstances have, have turned to a point where essentially the same outcome is happening, just with a, a different a different set of rules in place. Yeah, absolutely. And and in a way, you know, it's created that situation where you've got players. Who, who end up, you know, sitting out their contracts or sitting in squads where they know they're not getting a game. They're never going to get a game. Sacco. Sacco's the prime yeah. example, you know? Yeah, wasting their careers, like, and wasting yeah. their, you know, and, and possibly doing irreparable damage to the rest of their careers, you know? Um, and, then they can't, and then they can't get a move in January because they're not number one, two, or three on, yeah. on anybody's shop unless because they, yeah. haven't played, because they haven't played football in six months. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's 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 a whole cycle and it feeds into itself and it's 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 a shit system and I've never really liked it. Um, we're old enough to remember the way it used to be like and it was better like that. I mean, even if you look back, I know that uh, I, I know that what you know still there were still still big clubs that dominated and whatever, but it was a more egalitarian situation. Like it, it's a cartel these days, like with the, with the top clubs, you know. It's a with the, with the cities and the PSGs and, and the Real Madrid and the Barcelonas like it's they've just got and the Bayerns it's just completely sewn up you know there's 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 really no room for the rest like so it hasn't it hasn't worked at all if if that was the aim you know interesting stuff well listen we're we're coming up on time guys and I just want to take a quick run round the table about uh, 
you know, the West Ham game and your thoughts and what you want to see as a team and so on. Chief, I'll start with you. Um, you know, what's your feeling for this game? What would you be doing? Who would you be picking? What 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 do you see? Strong squad? Oh, I mean, we'll, we'll go for first 11. Um, Genie's obviously injured. Um, he won't be playing. Uh, Coutinho's ruled out as well for the weekend. Yeah, I mean, West Ham, I mean, I I checked earlier, actually, because Antonio's a player that worries me because he always fucking scores against us. But it looks like he's probably out for the weekend. Um, And they've got a a centre-back crisis as well, but of a defensive crisis. So I I think I had a look. It looks like it's going to be... Well, Collins is definitely out. It it looks like it's going to be... I can't fucking remember now. You know, they've got, they've got problems there. It's not going to be their first choice. I think it's probably going to be Reed and I can't remember. And it looks like Masuaku is going to be playing um, at left back uh, or right back even because Zabaleta's out. So interesting they are. I mean, they've been pretty crap this season, all told. I mean, Billich has been under pressure. They, had a, they blew a two-goal lead away at Palace or at home to Palace, maybe away at Palace. Anyway, last week. Um, I think away at Palace, but they were two up and, and capitulated and conceded in the ninety sixth minute or something to go two two. Um and they're pretty they've been pretty crap at the whatever you call that Olympic Stadium or London Stadium ever since they moved there. Um they've not got much pace. You would hope and you would think that we could we they're a team that we could definitely turn over. Um I think he'll he'll start Firmino, start Salah. We might we might see Oxley Chamberlain in the front three again. I don't know. You know, no Coutinho, no Mane. I don't know. If Sturridge starts, he'd probably have to play through the middle. Then you push Firmino wide. I'm not convinced on that one. Like um, when Aldum's out, as we said, so it probably means Milner plays. So you're probably looking at Milner, Henderson, and Chan in the midfield. You're probably looking at the back four being unchanged unless Lovren's back, and hopefully he's not. Because uh, West Ham is not not a not a good team for Dejan. He has some salubrious moments against West Ham. He really, he really does. does. He seems to save up some of his best and most calamitous moments for them. Um, so I'd be hoping that that um, thigh injury just keeps him out um, until after the international break. That that would be my team. I say what uh, Mignolet, Moreno, unchanged back back line. Uh, probably Gomez is coming back in for Trent after the Champions League game. Three I said in midfield, and then I would. I'm I'm gonna go for Ashley Ch- Chamberlain, Firmino, and Salah up front in the front three. Mm, hard to disagree with that. Hard to disagree with anything at all. Dave, yourself thoughts on the game? Who do you fancy? Said anything different from Neil? I think after Sturridge scoring two goals in two games, I think he's due. He's due a start. You know, I think if I was him, I'd be unhappy if if I wasn't in the first eleven on Saturday after two goals in two games. I think there's potentially a shout for Oxley Chamberlain in the midfield if Wijnaldum is going to be missing an, an you know maybe in the 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 ten position if you want to call it that or the the most advanced of the three you know potentially with a little bit of power and a little bit of pace in there. Um, yes, all sentiments agreed with on on Dejan. I hope he's not terribly poorly at the moment after his recent traumatic experiences. But to be honest, I could do without him giving me another traumatic experience. Yeah, we've had enough. Yeah. So, you know, 
I, I could really do without that. If we, that we wish him well in his recovery, Dave. I think is what you're searching. We do really do. Take your time with your recovery. Yes, Jack. I think we you're right. Don't, really don't want you rush. Yeah, we don't yes. want to rush back. Take the, all these the size can be very, very. You know, they can be very troublesome things. You need to rest, Dejan. Rest. Absolutely, and I think there's, 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 there's. I think they're in a World Cup qualifier, aren't they? And I think he's fallen back into favour somehow. Somehow. With, with, thanks. Well, that's Croatia not going. <laughs> yes. So, um, if only fucking Northern Ireland had drawn them and he started, he can, he can take all the time that he needs, um, to make sure that he's fully recovered, both physically and mentally, from from the recent ordeals that he's had to go through. Yeah, Gomez probably back and he's been he's been really really good, hasn't he? And, and a, 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 an England call up um, today for the the friendlies against Germany and Brazil, which will do his confidence no harm. Probably not the, the best thing for us, but at the same time, I can't I can't see him playing an awful lot of minutes. Personally, you know, I wouldn't be adverse to going just Gomez and Matter as the two centre halves and and playing Trent at right back. I would be more than happy to see that show up on on the team sheet. Um, on, on Saturday evening, but yeah, there's there's lots to think about. You know, I I don't I, I, don't, I don't think we can be 100 certain. Milner's done well in midfield recently. Henderson will, Henderson will come back in because Klopp loves Henderson. Um, he is the club captain. Um, and he's just preferred six, so you know he he'll always start when fit and available unless Klopp purposely wants to give him a rest. And I can't imagine them doing it at the minute, but. It's a good time to get them. They're they're fairly poor. They've they've regressed on last season. Um, you're right, Neil. They've got a, a centre back crisis apparently, and Zabalet is missing. Um, they've got a f- absolutely brutal goalkeeper in Joe Hart. And realistically, you know the lump at the Carroll and and Lanzini, who I think is decent, feeds off the scrap. So. If we can if we can cut out the second ball from Carl, then you know, I don't think we've got loads else to worry about. I will try and score, won't he? He loves scoring against us, but because he cause Yeah, he, he can he can try all he wants, but yeah. what is he? A one well, I mean, I, four, he's a one and four striker, is he? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I don't think we've got too much to be worried about, especially with Antonio being out. So yeah, I hope we do go there and fucking batter them, to be honest. Yeah, I can just see a Joe Hart. Now, David Dunning scudded us. I can see a Joe Hart world-class fucking performance coming out of the never, back of a fucking Andy Carroll Never, ever again. Never. <laughs> he's, he's absolutely shite, along with he's all... all actually, do you know what? I'm actually meant to talk about this earlier on. We give our goalkeepers loads of grief, and rightly so, but I've been watching goalkeepers recently in the Premier League, and one. there's lots of shit goalkeepers. Lots of... Begovic, shit. Did you see Fraser Foster at the weekend? He, yeah, shit. What shit, kind he, of a... He's in the England squad. And is Ben Foster the other goalkeeper in England squad? Yeah. Ben imagine. Foster is the third choice England goalkeeper. He hasn't been good in fucking 10 years. But well, Joe Absolutely. Hart is the first choice England goalkeeper for Well, Foster. I know, I know. It's, it's just nuts. But yeah, you know, aside from probably... And Loris as well. Loris was awful for Salah's goal. I don't know why he was glued to his line. We talk about our goalkeeper being glued to his line, but I expected Loris to be rushing out to that. And yeah, Loris is good, but he's he's definitely overrated. Yeah, there's loads of howlers in Loris. He makes yeah. loads of really, really, really amazing saves. Check probably as well. Like who's that? Check, check. He's finished. He's finished. 
apart from Van, uh, our Van der Sar, fucking hell, um, De Gea and De Gea and Courtois, you know, I'm looking around goalkeepers in the Premier League and they're all fairly not very good. And even Courtois is good but not great. No, no. I expected him to be better, actually, to be honest with you, Neil. I, I thought his trajectory would have been more. He sort of, I don't know whether it's just me, but I, I feel that he's stagnated. He never really fulfilled the full promise that he had. He because from awesome when he was on loan at Atletico. Yeah. Like, I don't know whether they, they got better coaching there or whether it was just he was playing behind a better defence or, or whatever. But, I mean, playing sort of for similar teams in the Chelsea have always liked to, to be solid at the back and whatever. But, no, I, I, I agree. I just don't think he, he, he's still good, but he, he's never got to that absolute top world-class level that, that someone like like a Buffon was at for a while, someone like a Neuer has been at, someone like, you know, some of the older keepers, you know. Have yeah, Casillas, when he was in his peak and players like that. Yeah. So, I'll, 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 don't get me wrong, I'll still have a new goalkeeper, but I just, I would just, I suppose I'm bored of just giving Mignolet loads of shit, and if you could give me another goalkeeper to give some shit to, it would just change things up a little bit. Yeah, well, Joe Hart should provide that, so. Uh, we've wandered off a little bit on a tangent there on a couple of occasions, but sure, I'll say shit happens. Before we go, quick run around the table. Any plugs or mentions? Ali, yourself, far away? No, nothing from me at all. Just um, check out everything that we're doing, even America's latest article. So that, that's it from me. Yourself, anything to, anything to write home about now? Can't find no. the mute button? No, like, let's promote that. <laughs> no. Just no, no, nothing, nothing giving me, there's nothing giving me any joy at all at the minute. Everything's fucking mundane. Seven nil wins against Maribor mundane at the minute. So I've got nothing, absolutely yeah. nothing. I'll I'm plug City. To... I'll plug Manchester City. Just watch Manchester City. That yeah. will give you a li- little bit of joy in your life. Hey, where, where can we find you? What are you doing? Um, not, not really doing much at the minute. Like just, uh, just not right. No. As ever, no right. Should, should no, I even go not, there? No. <laughs> no, that's not happening at the minute. So I mean, I can plug. Yeah, I'll plug plug the weekend, like because um, by the time this goes out, it it will be the weekend. So have a good one, whatever you are doing. And that is a fine point to leave it. Listen, just one last thanks to the guys. One last thanks to the listener. Until next, Cop Cast. Just going to say goodbye.